Thank you, Chuck. Amen. Wow. Well, it's First Fruit Sunday again, and this is the first fruit for the month of Shabbat, which is a very special month. And we're going to learn what the month of Shabbat is all about. Greetings to all of those who are at home watching on webcast who didn't want to get out of the cold. But greetings to all of you who made it out through the cold to be here. Amen. So our message today is the Hebrew month of Shabbat for 2024, getting back on track for the blessing of God. So welcome to our first fruit celebration for the month of Shabbat. Shabbat is the 11th month in God's yearly cycle of life. God's cycle of life includes a series of appointed times, they're often called biblical feasts, that are repeated every year, but they're designed every year to draw us continually closer to God. The first month of the year is Nisan, and that's when we have the spring feasts of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. Then in the third month, we have Sivan. That's when we celebrate Pentecost. In the seventh month, we have Tishri. That's when we have the fall feasts of tabernacles, the Day of Atonement, and the Day of Trumpets. And by the time we get to Shabbat, we're about ready to start the whole cycle over again. Now, in our calendar, Shabbat usually begins in January and spills over into February. And I believe it's important for us to know what month we're in and what it's all about because biblically every month is a new prophetic season. The ancient Jews began every month with a new month celebration. That's what we're doing this morning. And they praised God and they brought a first fruits offering and they listened to the prophets to see what God was saying about the month. And as they sought the Lord at the start of every new month, they prospered. So Shabbat is significant for several reasons. In Israel, Shabbat is called the month of trees. Shabbat is when spring begins in Israel. The cold, rainy season ends, and all over Israel, almond trees burst into blossom. So Shabbat is a time for new life to spring forth. And trees are very important this month. You know, in the Bible, God uses trees to teach us some very important things. Someone uses a tree to give a picture of a believer feeding on the word of God. It says the person who meditates daily in God's word is like a tree planted by rivers of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. So if you want to prosper this month, be like that tree planted by the rivers of water and send your roots deep into the word of God. Trees also give us a picture of joyful praise. Isaiah saw trees being whipped back and forth by a strong wind, and he said the trees of the field are clapping their hands in praise. So this is a month to join with all creation and lift up your praise to God. God wants to give all of us the strength and stability of an oak tree. It says in Isaiah 61.3, God says his people will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. 
Now, the most important tree in the Bible is the tree of life. In Genesis 2, God himself planted the tree of life. And he planted it right in the middle of the Garden of Eden. It symbolized free access to God and his goodness and his blessing. And see, God wants you to experience his life. The life of God is not just breathing in and out. It's not just existence. Life is the full experience of God's blessing. God's life is an energizing flow of his power. God's life is like a refreshing waterfall. It's an outpouring of his goodness and his love. And see, God loves to pour out his blessing on his people. And that's what the tree of life pictures. Ezekiel says its fruit is for food and its leaves are for healing. It's God's full provision for us in every area. Whatever you need grows on that tree. So choosing the tree of life is the choice to love God passionately and live under the waterfall of his blessing. In the month of trees, God is calling you to choose the tree of life. Now, Shabbat is also associated with the Hebrew month, uh, with Hebrew letter of Tzaddik. That's what that, the Tzaddik looks like. Tzaddik symbolizes the righteous one. In Shabbat, righteousness becomes your foundation. So make sure you don't have any cracks in your foundation this month. Draw close to Jesus this month because the good news is you don't have to establish your own righteousness. He is your righteousness. So let him give his righteousness to you. Now the Jews teach that Shabbat is a month to develop a plan for sustaining the generations. It's the month to ask, how will your olive tree blossom? Where is your legacy developing? So ask yourself, what can I do this month to ensure that my life will be a blessing to future generations? Shabbat is also the month of pleasure and happiness. It's associated with words like delicious and fullness. It's a month to taste and see that the Lord is good. See, God is a good father, and he loves for his children to enjoy his blessing. And he wants to fill your life with blessing so your heart overflows with praise. So this is a month to shout, my blessing is on the way. So tell your neighbor, my blessing is on the way. Now this is also the month of the river. Shabbat is connected to water and rivers and outpouring. God wants to release his river to you this month. Now, what is the river? In the Bible, the river is the glory of God flowing into the earth. There's a river that flows through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. We first see the river in Genesis chapter 2, verse 10. It says, a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. So in Genesis, God's river flowed through paradise, watering the tree of life. But God's river didn't stop there. We see it again in Psalm 46. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. In Psalm 36, they will feast on the abundance of your house. You will give them to drink from the river of your delights. Now, the key Old Testament passage about the river is found in Ezekiel 47. 
And in this vision, Ezekiel is taken to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And on the Temple Mount, he is shown a temple unlike any temple that has ever stood there. And in this temple is the throne of Messiah. And from this temple, he will reign over all the earth. And from the place of this, his throne, it says a river flows, releasing his life and blessing. It's the river of God. It gets progressively deeper the longer you're in it. It flows down into the Dead Sea. Now, if you've ever been to the Dead Sea, it is the lowest point on earth. It's a hot, desolate, salty wasteland. Nothing can grow there. It's a place of utter despair and hopelessness. But when the river flows in, the curse of death is broken. And the Dead Sea is filled with life. And see, that's what the river is. It's a river of life. And let me tell you a secret. The river is flowing now. So God wants you to jump in that river this month. You know, Chuck wrote, there comes a time when waters of change must rise. And this produces a river. Rivers are powerful. Rivers flow. God's river will seem torrential and devastating to some, but refreshing and moving to others, bringing you into a new place of harvest. Now see, when God's river is flowing, the question is, how deep are you willing to go? See, some people just want to go in ankle deep. They have their own plans, their own agenda, and they don't want to let the Holy Spirit come in and make any changes. Then some venture in knee-deep. It's cool and refreshing. It feels good to walk with the Lord. Some go in waist-deep. They enjoy the power of the river, but they're very careful to stay in control. But then God is calling you to go further. There are depths beyond anything you have seen. And God is calling you out where the water is over your head, where it doesn't feel completely safe. And he's saying, come in and swim. You know, many have been through a hard, dry season. And God is saying, it's time for that season to end. It's time to go deeper in the Holy Spirit. It's time for increase. It's time for healing and amazing miracles. And this month, God wants you to receive the river of life. So ask him right now, say, Lord, bring me into your river of life. Resist your fears. Give up control. Repent for being satisfied with where you've been. Try out to him, say, Lord, I want more. And then jump into his refreshing river. This month, it's time to tell the Lord, I'm jumping in. So just receive the river. Open yourself to him. Let, the, let him pour his river of life into you. Shabbat is a month to jump in the river. So it's a month to be refreshed. It's a month to be empowered. It's a month to be carried by the Holy Spirit to a whole new place of multiplication and harvest. And this morning, we want to look at one more thing about the month of Shabbat. Shabbat is a month associated with the tribe of Asher.
Now, if we understand Asher, we'll understand a little bit more about what this month is about. Asher was the eighth son of Jacob. When he was born, his mother said, how happy am I? The other women will call me happy. And so the name Asher means pleasure or happiness. And Asher's tribe had incredible prophecies spoken over it. Jacob said, Asher's food will be rich and he'll provide delicacies fit for a king. This was a prophecy that Asher would possess fertile lands. And see, that's exactly what he got. Asher's inheritance in the promised land was along the Mediterranean coast between Tyre and Carmel. And it's some of the most fertile land in Canaan. It was noted for its wheat, its grain, and its wine. And together those symbolized the full blessing of God. Its crops were so plentiful that there was enough for Asher to be fully satisfied, but also to satisfy the needs of other tribes. Solomon used produce of Asher's land to supply his own household. Cana of Galilee, where Jesus turned the water into wine, was in the territory of Asher. It was in the land of Asher that Jesus revealed himself as the bread of life. Moses' word over Asher Asher was also very positive. He said, may Asher be blessed with children, may his brothers show him favor, and may he wash his feet in olive oil. His towns will be protected by gates of iron and bronze, and his strength will last as long as he lives. So Moses blessed Asher with the blessing of children. And Asher became one of the most numerous tribes. He said Asher would be prosperous. You know, washing your feet in olive oil was a sign of great abundance. Asher was also known for his strength. When Israel moved through the wilderness, Asher was their rear guard. His job was to protect Israel from enemy attack. Moses' blessing of Asher also indicated mineral resources of iron and of copper. Asher was given the potential of every earthly blessing. Abundant food, mineral resources, children, peace with the other tribes, the favor of God, and security from enemies. And so the month of Asher is a month to remember that God greatly desires to bless his children. So Asher was incredibly blessed, but Asher also had some issues. As you go through life, sometimes there are some choices you have to make. The choices we make will determine our future. Sometimes, sometimes we make the wrong choice. You can picture a bad choice this way. This was on Facebook a while back. You're going down a highway that's called Eating Healthy Forever, but then you see an exit that says, Biscuits and Gravy, and you swerve to take the exit. Let me tell you, if your goal is to eat healthy, that's not a good exit to take real often. Now, if we make a wrong choice, we can find ourselves on the wrong track. We might not like where that wrong track takes us. That was Asher. Asher was greatly blessed, but he made some terrible choices. But the good news was Asher knew how to get back on the right track. Asher took several wrong turns. 
The tribe of Asher was blessed with strength and with numbers, but Asher was hesitant to go into battle. When Asher entered the land, they disobeyed God's command to drive out the Canaanites. That was a bad choice. Judges 1 says, when Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but never drove them out completely. And so the Asherites lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land because they did not drive them out. That led to problems. And then during the time of the judges, Asher refused to fight alongside with Deborah and Barak. That was a bad choice. This was so blatant that Deborah actually rebuked Asher by name in her victory song. As Deborah celebrated her victory in the song of Deborah, she rebuked both Dan and Asher for refusing to join in the fight. Judges 5.17 says, Why did Dan stay in his ships? And Asher sat at the seashore, remaining by his landings. As you study the tribes, Dan never changed. Dan never got back on track, and he eventually lost his inheritance. But Asher did something amazing. Asher repented. Asher responded to Deborah's correction. Asher was not angry or bitter at Deborah's rebuke. He was contrite. He thoroughly repented. How do we know he repented? You know, it never says he repented, but what we see is he changed. Repentance is not saying, I repent. It's not saying, oh, I'm so sorry. Repentance means change. It's a change of direction. And as you study through the Bible, you find that Asher never again held back when he was called to battle. In Judges 6 and 7, when Gideon raised up his army, Asher was quick to respond. It says, the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he sent messengers throughout Manasseh calling them to arms and also into Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali so that they too went up to meet them. Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh were called out and they all pursued the Midianites. In 1 Chronicles 12, when David fielded his army, the second largest contingent of all the tribes was from Asher. In 1 Chronicles 12 says Asher sent 40,000 experienced soldiers to David, prepared for battle. Verse 38 says these were fighting men who volunteered to serve in the ranks. And they came to Hebron fully determined to make David king over all of Israel. 1 Chronicles 7 calls the men from Asher choice men, brave warriors, and outstanding leaders. So Asher had made a wrong choice, but he repented. He was restored to a place of leadership to fulfill his destiny. But then Asher made another wrong turn. Asher joined in the rebellion of the ten northern tribes against Judah. See, when Solomon was building the temple, he gave Hiram, the king of Tyre, 20 cities from the territory of Asher's, Asher in exchange for his help. I don't think Asher ever forgave him. When the northern tribes rebelled against Solomon's line, Asher went with them in the rebellion. And those northern tribes quickly turned to idolatry. And they rejected the true God. That was a bad choice. But Asher repented again. 
When Hezekiah held his great Passover celebration in Jerusalem, he sent letters to all the cities of the ten northern tribes, urging them to join in the Lord's Passover. In 2 Chronicles 30, it says, If you return to the Lord, the Lord is gracious and will not turn his face away from you if you return to him. We're told that the couriers passed from city to city, but the people of the northern kingdom laughed them to scorn and mocked them. But in 2 Chronicles 30, we're told, Nevertheless, men of Asher humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. See, that's repentance. They humbled themselves and they changed. And so wave after wave of men and women from Asher joined others from the northern kingdom and emigrated to Judah where they could worship the true God. In 2 Chronicles 11, we're told those from Israel who set their hearts on seeking the Lord went to Jerusalem to worship him. And 2 Chronicles 15 tells us that during the revival of King Asa, there were great numbers who came over to Judah and settled among the people of Judah and Benjamin. And the result of all that was Asher was never a lost tribe. While most of the northern kingdom was taken away into captivity, many from Asher were spared. And so when we get to the New Testament, 700 years after the other northern tribes are taken into captivity, Asher is still there. Asher is waiting for the Messiah. In Luke chapter 2, Joseph and Mary take baby Jesus to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. And a godly woman, a prophetess, was there. Her name was Anna, and she was from the tribe of Asher. She was 84 years old and never left the temple, serving God day and night with fasting and prayers. And when she saw Jesus, she began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all of those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And then in Revelation 7, we find the last mention of Asher in the Bible. It indicates that in the final days leading up to God's judgment, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher will be sealed with the seal of the living God on their foreheads. And these sealed individuals, 12,000 from each tribe, are called the bondservants of our God. And that means Asher's most glorious moment is still to come. See, Asher had taken some wrong turns. It could have caused him to forfeit his call and his destiny. But Asher humbled himself and repented. And he got back on the right track. And see, the good news is this month, you can repent. Satan has told some of you that it's too late, you've missed it, you've gone too far off course. But Asher shows us that if you are willing to repent... It's never too late. Now, if this is the month of Asher, what does that mean? Here's some words Chuck gave about the month of Asher. He said, Asher was linked with pleasure and happiness with words like delicious and fatness. The boundaries of the inheritance given to Asher contained some of the richest soil in Palestine. The wealth offered this tribe was a blessing, but could have led to its downfall. So prosperity is an issue this month. So pray for the economy this month. Great fluctuations and shakings will occur this year. One of the promises to Asher is that he would dip his heel in oil. 
So watch the oil structures this month. And every nation aligned with oil, every state aligned with oil, every place that is an oil reservoir. If you understand the effects of oil and how it affects the commodities, you will know how to operate financially in that, and you can do well. Oil also pictures the anointing. Your anointing begins to be produced in a new way this month. So beware of falling into religious structures. Trust God for an anointing to come forth that will overthrow the old structures that have stopped you in the past. Asher was also a rear guard tribe. Asher had the strength to stand against the enemy. So ask God how to form a rear guard in your life over the past season. And Chuck also wrote this. He said, Anna the prophetess was of the tribe of Asher, and she recognized the Christ child. So ask the Lord for a new level of discernment. Ask the Lord to take us beyond just milk and let us digest the protein the Lord is giving us this month. Declare that we will step through the gate into a life of a new kind of nourishment. Then you can go out with joy, with delight, and with happiness. And finally, the message of Asher is, you can repent. You know, we, I, I love to say, the good news is, you can repent. Repent is not a sorrowful thing. It's not a dire uh, getting on the carpet and crying your eyes out. Repentance is good news. If you've made wrong choices and find your life going down the wrong track, I have good news. Your past does not have to control your future. The Bible says the kindness of God leads to repentance. Repentance means you can get back on track. Wrong decisions of the past do not have to block your future. So ask God to show you how you got off track and then receive the grace to repent. In this month of Shavat, learn the lesson from the tribe of Asher. You can get back on track and move forward into your destiny. Lord, we thank you for this month. Lord, I thank you for a time. The door to repentance is open. Your kindness leads us to repentance so that we can get back on track and achieve everything you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. Let's stand up. Amen. Wow. One of the things about this particular month and about any month. See, what you're hearing this month aligns with next month and the next month. And before long, you're flowing in a cycle of life filled with blessings. And the thing about this month is that you can develop a plan. Sometimes when you realize you've done something wrong, you really do go before the Lord. You lift it up to Him. You tell Him. And then what He'll do is start giving you the strategy and the steps on how to advance. Now, Father, I decree a new anointing over everyone, and I decree every step they take in you will be 
pressing the oil of their anointing for their future. Now, don't forget, we have wine for this month. We have the produce for this month. And then if you don't want to go shopping, if you don't want to go shopping, Anita and the team have developed and got some new furniture in. You can go look. You might find something warmer in there than what you've got. We bless you and bless every step you take.